Hey, yo, and here we go. Another episode of Week Off Music is on the air and in your ear. And once again, I am Martin, and I have with me the king of the casters, Mr. Brett Podcast. Brett, once again, you get to introduce today's guest. That's right. Uh, I'm a lucky guy because, uh, you know, once again, I've said it many times that we like good music. And once again, we have good music coming on the show. We have Anthony Apello, the lead singer of Six Gun Sal. Anthony, how are you? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, we're happy to have you on the show. I'm going to talk some Rebels and Rogues and some Hair of the Dog and all sorts of uh, good good music, southerny rock and all sorts of fun that we love. And uh, and I, I'm pretty sure you love it, too. Yeah, right, yeah it, it's definitely uh, it's definitely still giving me something to smile about. So I guess I'll keep doing it. <laughs> so let's talk about uh well let's talk about hair of the dog first um what a, it's it's an amazing song i mean everybody knows the nazareth uh, nazareth version but i mean your version definitely throws a little bit of uh, new new sparkle in there yeah definitely uh we definitely want to throw a little bit of southern uh southern twist in that and um and uh, we're really happy with how it turned out. And, you know, a lot of people have made that song over the years, uh, Guns N' Roses. I mean, a bunch of people have made it, but no one's made it like we did. And uh, we wanted to do that for a reason. We wanted it to be different and we wanted it to fall into the vein of music that we like to play. And um, uh, multi-platinum producer Timothy Eaton uh, had come to us a couple of years ago and showed an interest in working with us. And, uh, you know, he's worked with Leonard Skinner and the Almond Brothers and... Uh, you know, Motley Crue, Kiss, and you know, everybody you can imagine. Alan John, I mean, the guy is, he's, he's the real deal. And um, so he said he had some ideas for us. And, you know, we stayed in touch. And then about a year after that, he uh, said, hey, I think I got the song I want you to do. And so we all sat down, discussed it. And then, uh, yeah, that's the finished product. So it was, uh, it was a good time making it. What's it like then when a producer like that comes and says that they're that they want to work with you and that they've got some ideas? Well, I mean, once the shock wears off, you know, it's <laughs> it's it's pretty awesome. I mean, because, you know, listen, let's face it. I mean, everybody wants to be a rock star. Everybody wants to, you know, get get fame and, and, and have all the awesome things that come with it. But, um, you know, it's not too often that somebody at that level, you know, finds a local band and says, I, I see something in you guys and uh, I, I think we can do something with it. And it's, it's an amazing feeling. I mean, it's, um, it, it just kind of justifies all the hard work and, uh, and the commitment we have. I mean, we have a really solid work ethic and uh, we work hard and uh, we're always in studio. We're always rehearsing. Uh, so, I mean, it feels really good when somebody recognizes you like that. What's the hardest thing about becoming a rock star though? Uh, a never ever ending uh, pile of slime that promises the world they're super connected, they have money, they have backers, they have everything. And when it comes time to put ink on paper, they either are dying of some strange disease or they got involved in another project or the money's held up in escrow somewhere. And, and what it basically comes down to is 99% of the people you meet in this business have absolutely no business being in this business. And, um, so you meet a lot of people like that, and, and that's what makes it difficult. It's not making the music. The making the music is, is, is the part that's supposed to be fun. You know, you're supposed to have fun with your buds in, in the studio and writing new songs and, and, and doing those things. It's the people that always want to come to help you that make the business 
and, and leave you a bad taste in your mouth. And but like anything else, it's the lessons learned. I mean, you know what to look for, and and uh, every now and then you're you're fortunate enough to truly meet a couple people uh, that really do love you, that really do want the best for you, that really do want to do everything they can to help you. And uh, we were fortunate enough to have those people come into our lives recently after just a long list of, you know, never again. And um, yeah, so, uh, you know, we, we finally did meet some great people. They're, they're the 1% out of that 99% I told you about. And um, I would say that's the, mo- that's, a diff- that's the most difficult part is that the naysayers, the people who are telling you you're wasting your time, you're never going to make it. Uh, you should work at a normal job and, and earn a normal paycheck. And, you know, so once you get past all of that and, and, and you learn to ignore those things, you learn to avoid the bad elements of the business, it's, it's really not as bad as it is when you first start out. Where do you think uh, rock music sits, though? Uh, it seems to me like if I go to a football game, I go to a hockey game, I go to anything, what's being played is classic rock, southern rock, that type of thing. It's, like, it's almost like the fans out there need a reminder. This is what they like, and the bands are there for you. Go find them. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. I mean, our society um, has has taken some some drastic left and right turns. Instead of following the damn road, they all want to go down this new path and you know, so you, you just these places, these stadiums, these you know venues, they, they try to they, they play what they think everyone wants to hear. And, you know, I, I think exactly what you just said is, is absolutely it. I mean, I, I think if we just keep putting it back out there and keep putting this raw, you know, unfiltered new music that that holds on to the elements of the past and and mix it in with a little bit of the present, we can get a lot of these people back into the rock scene and Southern rock scene. I mean, there's absolutely no denying that when you look at shows lately that have rock and roll or have Southern rock or even country rock and country music, I mean, they're still packed. So there, there's still a buzz around this music. It's just that where we would hear it all the time on every radio station. Now you have to go find specific radio stations just to maybe hear some rock and roll or some classic rock and, I think we're just going through a weird phase in our country. I mean, the world, I should say, is that, you know, it's everybody is eager to please the masses and they think that's what the masses are. In reality, not much has changed. People still love good old fashioned rock and roll. People still love listening to the old stuff, the new stuff. And and I think the more and more we all do our part to keep pushing that 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 message and keep pushing the music out there. I, I think it's going to take its place again where it belongs. I mean, let, let's face it; it's it's the most popular, you know, genre of music that ever existed. And and uh, as long as we all keep doing our part, I, I think we're going to find our place, you know, near the top again, pretty soon. Now, as a band from California doing Southern rock, are you like one of uh, one <laughs> kind of thing, or is it? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what: the hard, the hardest people. Uh, that we had winning over were the people actually from the land of Southern rock. And, you know, you look at Texas and you look at Florida and and Georgia, you know, and um, Tennessee and all these places. And then when they hear our music, they're like, Oh, wow. You guys really are doing it. You really are living it, you know? And, um, but yeah, from Southern California, it's, it's funny because, you know, everybody has that look like, where, where are you from? And then then they hear the music and then, um, you know, and, and we kind of win them over right there. But I've got to I've got to be completely honest. I mean, we've we've headlined the Whiskey at Go Go, which is a you know world famous rock venue, and 
we've headlined it about four times now, I think. And we played it about seven or eight times. And um, we have never, ever, ever had one bad experience playing in the, in, in the heart of every kind of music you can imagine. When they hear our music, they love it. And, and we, we get lots of screams and claps and cheers. And so I think it's, it's, it's pretty good because, you know, we're adding a flavor that hasn't been heard in a while. And although there's a lot of bands that are trying to come out with some Southern rock and, and, uh, um, and keep it alive in California, Southern California, there's not too many of us. And, uh, but there are a lot of fans here. I mean, there's a ton of people that live in this state that love this kind of music and, and we're giving them an option now. And so, and, and the turnouts we've had at these shows have been great. So people are definitely hungry for it. So, um, I'm happy to take advantage of, of everyone else that's not doing it. <laughs> what I love about your music is really uh, that it almost seems like you don't play the music so much as you attack it. And it makes me feel like I want to get up off my ass and do something. That's right. We call them booty shakers. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what we call them, man. We, we say our booty shakers. Yeah, man. We, we, you know, that's just it. We, we want people to enjoy the music. I mean, another thing we completely lost unless you're listening to just some legit country music, no one tells stories anymore. It's just nonsense words. It's just whatever they think rhymes goes into the music. If you listen to, you know, new rap, for example, it's, it's, I mean, I know a ton of kids love it, but it's atrocious compared to the rap that we grew up with. And in my generation, and you know, it, it's, they were telling a story. You could understand the message. You could, you could feel what, what they were trying to say. And, and that's what I try to do in all the songs I write is that I try to put that message out there. I try to give people something they can attach to, something that feels familiar to them, something that they may be going through. And, um, and even the fun songs, even the booty shakers, it's, it's just, you're, I'm still telling a story. It might be about how I'm going to get the girl at the bar, but I'm still telling a story. And, uh, and we want people to have fun when they listen to our music. We want people to cry when they listen to our music. You know, we want people to go, oh my God, it reminds me of this time. And, you know, so... Again, I love telling stories, and I'm a storyteller with the music, and and uh, so yeah, it makes me happy when I hear people say that our music makes them want to go really fast in their car or get on the dance floor and start dancing. So that's that's pretty cool. Well, there's no question. I mean, you've also got a lot of uh, really good ballads, and I, and I'm not sure that I expected that right off the bat when uh, when I first started listening to your music. It's just kind of like, like I think with southern rock, often you expect the booty shakers, as you put it, but the, but then you know you get into the good ballads, and and you remember that there is a sound that southern rock ballads have, and it's just like, oh, oh yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just. And, and, you know, we try to, we try to involve so much. I mean, we have a, you know, we have a Leonard Skinner type band. I mean, we have eight members in our band and sometimes we have special guests that'll come on with a banjo and stuff like that and play our live shows. And so now we're at nine people, but we love it because it, it just, it brings back that legitimate music sound. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's too easy nowadays to have equipment do everything for you. We want, we want to be real. You know, we want people to hear the mistakes. We want people to hear the, the awesome finishes and, and, uh, and, and just be part of it. So yeah, it's, it's, I'm digging it. So what about your personal background? When did you start singing? What kind of, did you grow up in a musical family <laughs> or what's kind of your story? Now my, my introduction into the music uh, was a complete train wreck <laughs> disaster that happened by fate. Um, never in a million years would I have hair down past my shoulders and the small on my back and a, a beard and, wearing one of these cool looking hats and some sunglasses. Um, 
I was always high and tight. You know, I, I had worked law enforcement uh, for many years. I was always part of uh, that scene, you know, uh, martial arts, very heavy into martial arts, still to this day in martial arts. Um, so, yeah, no, it was, um, it, was a, it was a strange by chance meeting. My partner in law enforcement, Dusty, who's our rhythm guitar player, called me out of the blue one day and said, hey, bro, he called me up. I came over and uh, I was playing the drums because I, I played the drums for a long time. And uh, we were just playing some old Skinner music and just jamming us some Metallica stuff, some Ozzy Osbourne stuff. And, uh, and we did that every day for like two weeks. It was ridiculous. It's like I had no life back then. And um, so the real, the regular drummer came back at the time they were using. And uh, so I, you know, I humbly was bowing out and Dustin said, hey, man, I wrote these lyrics to this song I've been working on. You mind reading them as we play? And uh, so, you know, I dropped the F-bomb and I said, you know, screw you, man. I can sing my ass off. And we were all laughing. I, I, I was a shower singer, right? So I grabbed this, you know, like, you know, go Barbie microphone or whatever the hell we had back then and uh, start singing into this karaoke box for about 10, 15 seconds. Next thing you know, everybody stops. We all kind of look at each other and start laughing. And that's literally how I got into this business singing. Um, never in a million years did I ever even try singing or think I could sing outside of the car by myself or in the shower. And, um, and yeah, it's just crazy how it all worked out. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty, it makes you think that there's got to be some sort of guiding force, you know, because it just seems to be, uh, you know, it just seems to be perfect the way it worked out for you then. And you said, describe yourself as a storyteller. Um, yeah. Do you write all the lyrics now? Did you find yourself always being a storyteller? Did you, you know, oh, yeah. or discover I mean, I, this about yourself? I always knew I had a talent for, for writing, um, whether it was movies or ideas for movies or just, you know, some short stories and things of that nature. So that, that part of it, I've always had this, you know, Will Ferrell, Albert Einstein mind. And, um, and, I, and I mean it just like that, just picture Will Ferrell having Albert Einstein intelligence and somehow they crashed into each other. Um, but yeah, I, I've always had that. So. Uh, and, and to answer your question, yes, I, I write the lyrics on a majority of all of our songs. A couple of them, me and Dusty wrote together at the very beginning. Um, but since then, all of them, except uh, Hair of the Dog, I've, I've written. So uh, I enjoy doing it. Yeah. And I enjoy telling stories and, you know, and, and I'll get inspiration from the craziest places. I mean, literally watching a documentary on Evil Knievel one day. And I was like, man, what a story. Right. And then I just started writing as I'm watching the documentary as each part of his interviews and what could I write that would make sense with what he just said. And, and that was our song, Batman. And if you listen to the words and you put it together, you know, when he, the snake river, you know, he, everybody thought the snake river did him in, but he did it again, you know? And, and so we try to do that. I should say, I try to do that. I try to tell stories, you know, remember my name. I absolutely loved that TV show, supernatural, right. You know, when those, the, the, the Winchester brothers and they go out and they fight, you know, ghosts and demons and all. And, you know, and, and one season of their show was about a lot to do with the devil and the crossroads and calling, you know, making deals with the devil. And I thought, well, man, that'd be a kind of a cool story. And, you know, try to put my twist on it that, you know, you, so you go and make a deal for fame and, and money and women. And, and in the end, you regret everything you did because it was the worst decision you could have made in your life. And you want everybody to remember you, though, like just remember me. So that's where I came up with Remember My Name and, um, and I wrote that story and, and wrote that music video 
And in the beginning of the video, you could see me burying something at the crossroads to, to call, to call on the devil basically. And, and one of my, you know, good looking bastard friends, uh, he, uh, he showed up with the red contacts in and everything like that. And he played a great devil and, and, um, and that's where we got it from. So, yeah, I mean, I, I find inspiration from the, from the strangest places. What about uh, live performance, given how your background there, were you, uh, do you get nervous before a show? Are you excited before a show? What's kind of the, the vibe? I've never, I've never been nervous. And that's an, I mean, and I know people will say he's lying. I I've never been nervous and, I've, uh, yeah, I've, I've never, um, had a moment where, oh my God, what am I about to do? It's, I've never had a hard time talking in front of people. I've never had a hard time commanding a scene or a situation. I've always been outgoing and flamboyant and everything that I do. Like I'm a goofball, you know I mean? I, I love jokes. I love to be the center of the joke, you know? So for me to get out there and, and talk to 500 people or 5,000 people, it's, it's never been a big deal. And, um, I just, I actually enjoy it. I, I, I thrive on it. You know, I, I thrive on the, uh, the, the attention I get out of it in a positive way, you know, and, uh, and if I can make people laugh or make people cry and, you know, joking around on stage or, you know, talking to the girls up front and, you know, just kidding with them and giving away free merchandise to the people in the crowd. I mean, I, 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 I do really well in that position. So I have been very fortunate to where I don't get stage jitters or anything like that. Now, I will say, um, one of our most recent shows, we did a thing for the city of Garden Grove, and, and I, hadn't, I didn't realize, and it's going to sound ridiculous, but I didn't realize I hadn't eaten in two days. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm right, I'm right, dude, I know it's ridiculous. And, and I'm, so I'm right about to, we're right about to go on in like 30 minutes, and I feel like I'm going to pass out. I'm like, oh my God, what's happening? What the hell's going on with me? And then I'm like, oh my. God, I haven't eaten for like almost 40 hours or, or 36 hours. And I'm so, you know, of course, I started taking these little bites here and there and some snack food some people had. And and we get on stage and we're doing a song and we're, we're, we're literally doing one of our new ones called Brother Hush. And I forgot the entire second half of the song. I, mean, I didn't oh, even no. know. And I remember I, I, I just started laughing on stage from all these people. And I turn around and I look at my backup singers and I went, help. Help! I can't remember the words, so I just, I just remembered the very end, and I just repeated the very end like six times, and everybody, <laughs> and everybody loved it. And I remember afterwards, I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that just happened." But yeah, it's 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 funny. You, you just have to be able to recover in those moments, and a lot of people might freak out or do this or do that, or but I just. I'll laugh with a crowd. I'll even tell them. I was like, God, you know, Lord, I, I just forgot half the damn words, guys. And I'll point at some good looking, a good looking woman in the audience. It's your fault. It's your fault right there. You know, if I wasn't looking at you, I would have remembered all my words, you know? So I just try to have fun with it. Cause we're all human, man. We all make mistakes. And, and, um, but yeah, I, I was, that was a crazy moment. That's the, that's, that's the worst I had ever forgotten uh, a line. It was like, it was more like half a song. Uh, but we still pulled it off. You know, we had a great time. The crowd loved us. And um, it was it was a good experience. Is it a challenge then to to remember like all the lines like and, and just pick up all the words even after you've written them? You know, so well, it takes a while. And for a while, like even now, we've, we've had a couple of new songs where I still have to use the uh, the the lyrics to, to, to finish the song because, you know, it, it does take a while to remember them all. And 
uh, once you get going and you're constantly rehearsing, 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 you, for the most part, it's, it's pretty easy. For me, what throws me off is if we're playing a show and the other bands are going on and I'll end up liking the band. So I'll go listen to it and I'll start hearing all this music. And then it messes with my mind. I'm like, oh, shit, I just forgot the words to my song. And because I'm so I was singing their songs or doing their thing with them. And and then I'll have to go run out real quick, put on my ear pods and start playing our music over and over and over and over just to remain. OK, just remember that first line and the rest will come. And, and that's usually what happens. It's usually the first line of a song with me. And I'll just OK. So I'll try to give myself hints, you know, like think of this. It'll remind you of that. And, you know, for the most part, it always works. Like for the real big, important shows, I, we've never had any issues. I've never had any issues. Thank God today. Um, but um, but it happens. I mean, and, and the thing is, it's how you recover from it. I mean, you can get upset and 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 make it, let let it get you miserable, or you can just laugh about it and be honest with your fans and the new people out there listening to you and say, "Hey, man, well, I screwed that up. Can we start again?" You know, and uh, and and people just start laughing and clapping and cheering, and 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 they're good with it. People, I, I think one thing that we're lacking in society is honesty. And I think the more people actually get to hear honesty again, I think they appreciate it rather than somebody trying to cover something up and lie about it. Hey, I'll just tell you, I screwed up. You know, that was a new version of that song. I, I just created right now in this moment. Hope you guys enjoyed it. You know, so, you know, you got to have fun with what you do. You know, you can't make it scary. You can't make it miserable. You know, I think the reason I do think people appreciate that. And I think the reason why is when they see somebody screw up and admit it, it's like, okay, I saw that. Nobody else got to see that. Like that was a moment that's just for us, you know, and, and it, it kind of personalizes the experience. I, I agree with you. I think that's a perfect, um, that's a perfect analysis on that subject because it, it's, it is the truth. I mean, and it is a special moment. It's like, you know, when you get a t-shirt that was only for that event, you know, and only you have that and nobody that wasn't there didn't get it. So yeah, that person right there got to experience that screw up and laugh about it. And it'll be a good memory for them, you know, down the road. Hey, I remember when that guy screwed up and it was funny and, you know, so yeah, I think the honesty and and just admitting when you screw up is a good thing. Well, that's the thing about live music, right? I mean, it's 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 supposed to be live. We don't want live music where where it's just like you're just lip syncing to your to your songs. We want you to yep. physically be there, physically be singing the band, and let's have all the mistakes and stuff like that. Yeah, man. I mean, make it real and. And that's one of my biggest complaints about big bands is that there's so many backing tracks going on. God forbid there's a, a, a screw up or a, or a computer breaks down or something because you're screwed. I, I want to be raw and real. I, I, I do make it a conscious effort, though, to sound identical live as the way I sound on CDs. And, and I can say with confidence that I do, you know, because everything you hear on that CD Although we may add some delay or, you know, some reverb or something to, to make a note, you know, repeat four or five times after you say it on a CD, it's still my voice up until that moment where they add a little bit of the, you know, the wizard salt and stuff like that to it. Um, but it's very important to me to sound the way I do on the CD is to sound live for the people because I, I want them to know, that, you know, that's really who he is. You know, that's that's the music coming out of them. It, it's it's not being all spiced up to make you sound great. Because let me tell you, I know a ton of guys, even in LA, their CDs sound amazing, amazing. I mean, just incredible. But when they go live, it's like, where's the voice? You know, that's that's not the voice we're hearing on, on live. You know, where's and and and, it, and I hate that. I hate when people 
it's like taking a photo and they put on the, all these apps and somehow they just lost 37 pounds and, and they're and 14 years off their face, you know? And it's like, well, that's not you though. It, that's, you know, you gotta, you just gotta be who you are. You gotta be honest about it. And, and um, so, yeah, I, I just, I like sounding, I like sounding like the music sounds on the CDs. It's important to me. And I wanted to give people that real feeling and that live feeling. And, and um, yeah, I wish more people would. You know, it's funny. I'm just thinking about it. I'm sure you want to get more music out there first, but when we finally get a six gun Sal, you know, live album, probably going to kick. It's just going to be, it's, it's just, I think it'll be great. Yeah, we're definitely looking forward to that. I think um, we're probably going to do that for our Vermont show. Uh, we're probably going to plug in and, and do the live album. And and the crowds are amazing. I mean, I'll tell you, last year when we were in Vermont, the, it was just one of the best, one of the best shows, one of the best experiences um, we've had to date. And uh, they just, they were just, they just loved us, man. And and when you have that reaction from a crowd, it, it, it makes it all worth it. It really does. I mean, I don't care if there's 50 people in the room or 500 or 5,000. You know, um, fifty people screaming still makes me the same feel the same way five thousand do, and 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 uh, it's an amazing thing. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the Vermont show because I know we're gonna we're gonna probably plug in uh, on the soundboards there and and record it, and then we'll bring it back. And of course, you know, we'll edit it a little bit just to cut out some dead spots and things like that to keep it moving a little faster. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. I think the live album is gonna be great. What is it your plans are for the next you know little while here then? Obviously, you're playing as many shows as you can. You're going to get up to Canada in 2023 and everything. But, we would uh, love to. Yeah, <laughs> we'd love to. Uh, well, so right what now are, we what have, is the near future? Right now, we have a lot of stuff going on. You know, as, as, as you know, we, we released Rebels and Rogues in November last year, and we're getting a lot of positive feedback on it. Um, a lot of people are loving it. So we, uh, you know, we headlined the whiskey. Uh, a month ago and that was an amazing show we had our record release party before that um uh, we had just played the city of garden grove that was an amazing show we had our another show in tarzana uh, a couple weekends ago that was great crowd was amazing um we have another show coming up in june um out in lancaster california they're expecting upwards of a thousand people so that's going to be a good day if everything turns out the way it's supposed to and then, of course, we're uh, heading out to uh, San Antonio on uh, for the July 16th show. Then we're heading up to July 23rd to Vermont. Uh, we're still trying to figure out what's going to happen. Um, there's a couple of shows we may do in Tennessee uh, on the way to Vermont. And there's a couple of shows we may be doing on the way home after Vermont, uh, either in upstate New York or Florida. And um, so we'll see where it takes us. There's a good part. We, we, we did get a, a hint that there may be an, uh, an opportunity for us to play in Sturges at the motorcycle rally in August. And then um, there are uh, people working in our network, obviously, uh, that are working on some other stuff for some end of summer shows around the country. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I, I, we have a lot of good stuff going on. And we have again, we have just people that are salt of the earth and they hate when I say their names, but I have to because. We don't ever do this alone, you know, and I think everybody deserves it. But, you know, you know, Dave and Stacy, you know who you are. Um, they really changed the entire outlook for this band and the amount of work and dedication that they've given to us. And, and, and uh, I mean, these guys literally lead, you know, 
sweat and tears for us and, and do so much with, with really getting nothing out of it yet. And um, I just wanted to give them that shout out like I always do and, uh, you know, let them know how much we love them and uh, they're part of our family. And um, so, yeah, we're super excited. We're super excited about uh, the future, what's going on and where we're at right now. And, and uh, you know, sky's the limit. Yeah, it's awesome because I mean that one show, of course, in uh, with Molly Hatchet, uh, that that should be a great bill. I'm hoping, you know, I mean it's it's um, reason. There's really no reason it won't be. Uh, Molly Hatchet has great music, and uh, the band that has effectively become Molly Hatchet, uh, they do the they do the original band justice. I mean, they, the music sounds amazing. These guys put on a great show. Uh, they look the part. They are the part. They live the part. Um, they're legit. And um, so we're super excited to be playing with them. I mean, they're obviously good enough to have that name. And, um, and we're, we're excited to play with them. As far as I'm concerned, they are Molly Hatchet. And, and uh, it, it's very exciting to, to play with people that, you know, we get a lot of our influence from. How, how hard is it then to get the shows, you know, you talk about booking the, like hopefully having a couple of shows on the way there and a couple of more shows on the way back. Like how hard is it to kind of schedule that and to, and to make it happen? Well, you know, um, that's probably the hardest part of the business is uh, booking agents. You know, um, booking agents are the hardest thing to get because they base everything off of your current level of popularity, how many asses are you putting in seats, basically is what they base everything off of. So once you start to get more and more of those kind of people behind you, uh, it, it gets a lot easier. Uh, the Tennessee thing is just because uh, it's just on short notice. So, you know, if we would have had a few months to work on all of these um, dates, uh, it, it would have it already been done. Uh, but now it's just trying to find a spot because most of these places book their shows out for months. So it's either a band dropped out or they have an available spot here because of this or that. So, I mean, I, I, I feel confident that we're probably going to be playing in Tennessee and have some really good people behind us uh, that, that are part of the Tennessee scene. So I'm pretty sure we'll get there no matter what. Um, but to answer your question, if, if, if you have all of the, if everything's laid out and you have months to do it, it's easy to do. It's not hard at all. Uh, obviously, like anything else, when you have to do it on a moment's notice, that's when things you know to hit little speed bumps here and there. But again, we have great people working with us and for us, and um, so I'm I'm super confident in their abilities, and I know they're going to do great stuff for us. Well, and I guess having eight people in the band too must make it a little bit more of a challenge because you're it's not just like a, a you know a power trio or something. You're you're bringing a a really big crew on the road. Oh, yeah. No, there's definitely a lot of logistics behind it, you know, from our back lines, you know, transporting the equipment, flying in the members. I mean, you know, half the band loves the drive, which is great because I, I love going on the road with these guys. And it's it's just we only try to kill each other like two or three times in the whole trip. So, you know, pull over to the side of the road and we'll box for like 15 minutes and then we're all happy again. And then, um, you know, I'm just kidding. We've never got no boxing match <laughs> yet, yet, yet. Martial arts. Got close. <laughs> well, we, we, we try to keep a boxing because of we both, we all have martial arts backgrounds and, you know, I mean, I, I'll always say I'm the best, but, you know, it's. Oh, it's yeah. All it, I know is I don't want your fist in my face. I learned that already. <laughs> yeah, from the song. There you go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, no, the road trips are so much fun. I mean, it's, it's just constant jokes all the way through. 
sometimes you hit a home run in motels and hotels. And sometimes you're like, I'm just going to sleep in the truck tonight. Um, and then, uh, you know, then the band members that, you know, their lives just don't afford them the ability to uh, travel the way we can. Um, so they have to, you know, as soon as they get out of work, they'll go to the airport, jump on a plane, fly to the venue, play the shows, head back home, go to work, fly back out. You know, and everybody's dream is, you know, once the night job pays more than the day job, that's when you've made it. So uh, we're, we're hoping to get closer and closer to that point. Um, but yeah, I, again, you know, we have people that will handle the logistics side of it for us and, and uh, they'll make sure the band gets there and, you know, we have rooms to stay at and, and uh, everything that goes with it. But yeah, it's, it, I'm sure it's a nightmare because when we were just flying our own people ourselves around, um, you know, yeah, it, it's a pain in the butt. It's easier when you get everybody on the same flight. Um, sometimes they're all flying in at different times or different, you know, then different rental. If you get everybody in at once, you get everybody in a, in a, in a, in a van at once at the airport and drive where they need to go. It makes life a lot easier. So yes, eight people can be hectic. <laughs> Why don't you tell and us about the, in- oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. That's fine. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask, why don't you tell us about the rest of the band then? You mentioned Dusty earlier, but, uh, but you know, let's talk about everybody. Yeah. So, uh, again, I've known Dustin more than half my life and um he's a he's a great guy uh we, we've, we've been through the thick and thin together i mean literally bled together you know in, in our lives and our other lives that we used to do for work and um so he's a great rhythm guitar player great slide player um ed fierro is our lead uh guitar player I, I like to call him ed money um phenomenal guy he's been in the business for years um he's he is the legit Rock, I always call him the legit rock star in our band because the guy will go grocery shopping, you know, with uh, leather pants on and a, you know, a vest on with no shirt, you know, with a bunch of jewelry. And so he's 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 our uh, he's our legit rock star. Uh, when you go grocery shopping like that, you're definitely a rock star, I guess. And um, and then uh, we have Joey on drums, uh, Joey Durant. Uh, he's been in the business forever. Fabulous drummer. Um, I think I pick on him entirely too much. Um, but I think he likes it. And um, our bass player, Matt, uh, Matt Gentz, uh, I just call him Matt G. Awesome. I mean, the guy is obviously one of the most important parts of our band. I mean, you know, the bass and the drums, if they're not together, it's, it's, it's a train wreck. Um, and he's a great bass player. He's a great guy. I mean, he's, he's probably the nicest person in the band. Even when I want to choke everyone in the band, it's like I, I just want to go pet him on his forehead or something. And then, um, let's see, who else am I forgetting here? Um, our piano player. Um, I'm only calling him Silver Dog because that's, 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 that's his name, Silver Dog. Well, Silver Dog is actually played with some of the biggest bands on the planet. Um, he is spectacular at that piano. And um, we are so fortunate to have that guy. He's, he's absolutely amazing. And... Um, uh, Let's see here. And then, of course, I have Gwendolyn, uh, who is one of my backup singers. She is a phenomenal part of the band. She's so detail-oriented. She's such an amazing support person. She's the one that annoys everyone at 5.30 in the morning. Good morning, my brothers and sisters. You know, hope you have an amazing... Sorry about that. Hope you have an amazing day. And, you know, and... You know, I, I hate most nice people like that. So I just, I try back a thumbs up. <laughs> so, but she's so positive. And then of course we have Mia. Mia has a spectacular voice. She's got some heavy pipes. Um, 
and she's so talented. So it's like we we are just so you know fortunate to have what we have, and um, and uh, everybody's so good at what they do. And and you know, in the beginning, like any band, I mean, we kind of sucked like the first six months to a year, and you start to learn things. And we've gone through a lot of members. I mean, we've had you know, lead guitar and bass have been the the uh, the hardest spots to fill because everybody in their right was amazing at what they did, but it's finding the personalities that click with everyone. And that's, that's the hardest part. Even for me, I mean, I, I, w- I was pretty difficult to deal with in the beginning because my entire life was a straight razor edge. This is how life is supposed to be. This is how you're supposed to act as a human being. And there's no excuse for doing anything you know you shouldn't be doing. And that was, you know, Johnny on the spot, high and tight with a badge on his chest. And in the music industry, it is a complete opposite for how I expected people to be. And, um, and I, I can say I'm happier now than I was back then. I loved what I did. I love being able to help people. I, I do believe I, I did a great job. I, I never took advantage of any situation um, because of a uniform or a position. Um, but I'm happier now because it's just getting to see the sides of people that I probably wouldn't necessarily have become friends with now I'm friends with and, and, and I'm glad I am, you know, it, it, I think it, it helped me grow as a person. It, it helped me, uh, you know, grow spiritually and mentally. And, um, so yeah, I, I, I completely dig it. I, I, I like, I like where it went. Yeah, it is very interesting how, uh, how life throws you the curveballs. But, but I think that's the thing is that you were able to understand that this was something that you, a journey that you needed to kind of take and then this door opened for you. And it was just like, yes, I need to, I need to go with this door. Yeah. It's very unexpected door, very unexpected door. Um, but yeah, I, I, and, and then of course, you know, I always forget, you know, we have road guys and road crew and, we have a sound man, you know, Michael, he's amazing sound. The guy is probably one of the best guitar players on the planet. Um, you know, he's there every rehearsal, making sure our sound is right, making sure our mics are working properly. So we have a lot of people that, that, that put a lot of their personal time into us. And, and we have to be grateful for that. You know, sometimes it's easy to forget about the people that are behind the scenes. And, you know, even my son um, has, has been, the, I can't tell you how many shows as a road crew member and just put the time in and, and did everything he needed to do to help the band. So, um, yeah, it's it's with our with the band and with the road crew, we we're probably traveling anywhere from twelve to fourteen people. Wow! But you know, you've got some nice merchandise, and then how important is it to have that? Especially as like a you know as an unsigned band kind of thing. Like, how important is it to have good merchandise and to be able to have something that people are going to look at and say, "Wow, that's nice." Yeah, absolutely. I think it's super important. I mean, listen, the whole thing is this, is you can only do with what you're capable of doing and, you know, what you can afford to do. You know, you might want to go buy a bottle of Coke and uh, all you can do today is afford, you know, Uncle Bob's Fizzler, you know, because you don't have the money to get what you really want. Um, But, you know, I decided a long time ago that I was going to try and get the best that we could get and, and pay a little bit extra and make a little bit less on profit. Because, you know, I don't want to be that, that guy that sells a T-shirt that's faded or gone within two years of washing it. You know, I, I want people to know they got some good stuff from us. And I think it, 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 it lets the fans know we care about them. You know, we want them to have, they're going to spend their money on us. And I want to give them something that, that they're going to appreciate and, and something that they'll be able to hold on to for a long time. You know, and I, and I try to give so many different 
you know, things for people to get. I mean, I mean, we even have challenge coins, you know, with each band member on them and the logo on the back of the challenge coin and, you know, the embroidered hats and the shirts and the, the tank tops and, you know, the bomber jackets and the hoodies and, you know, so, and, you know, when we really needed the masks and stuff like that, you know, we went out and had some masks made for people. And so it's like, uh, it's important to me. It's important to me to have some, some good merchandise. And you got the great name to go with the six gun salad. I love alliteration. So, I mean, that's a, to me, that's a sellable name. I, you know, I'm glad you said that because uh, we feel the same way. And, uh, you know, when we came up with that name, it was just we wanted something to have six guns in it because, you know, of our backgrounds. And, and uh, ultimately, Dustin ended up going with went into the Army. And so the six guns thing, which is important to us because of our backgrounds, you know, we had looked at all these different names from Six Gun Salvation and Six Gun Sally and all of these things. And, and I just said, you know, they're all taken already. I said, what about Six Gun Sal? And we started laughing and, and, uh, and we kind of looked around the room and I go, well, you know, I am half Italian. I go, so I, we could always say that Sal is me, right? <laughs> you know, big, big Sal. So originally that's, that's the joke we ran with. And, um, and, uh, and we just decided Six Gun Sal was fine. We were just going to go with that. And, and then it just, you know, became its own animal. And, but yeah, Six Gun, I, I do dig Six Gun Sal. I think it's a cool name. Well, yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, and, you know, it's the whole vibe. The whole vibe is cool. And and I think that's really, that's one of the most important elements of rock and roll, isn't it? I mean, it, for, you know, you've got to look cool. You've got to sound cool. And then after that, what more do you need? Well, that means, that means you're cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always tell these guys all the time, I say, you know, I'm going to go out there with some leg warmers one of these days and you know, like an Elvis cape or something, but. You know, um, I've just, I, like I said, bro, for me, it's, it's, I love being the center of the joke and, and, and I have no problem letting everybody laugh with me, man. Um, it's, uh, it's just my personality. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's a good personality to have when you talk about uh, the rock and roll business. Cause I think that, uh, well, I mean, I know we've heard so many stories from people that, that, you know, the talk about the stage fright and stuff. And, but ultimately, I mean, to be a lead singer, you gotta be willing to throw it, throw it all out there. You do, man. I mean, I got no, I got no issue shaking my ass on stage and, and, and knowing I can't dance to save my life. Um, it's, it's, it's all part of the gig, man, you know, and, and it gives me an opportunity to kind of be who I, who I am deep down inside. And, and it allows you to become that person. You know, I never, I never want to be the guy that is only acts a certain way in front of people, but acts differently when he's not with them. I want people to know that that's just who I am. You know, that's the real me. So the real me you see on stage is the real me. If you're, if you were my friend behind the scenes, you know, so I, I just, uh, I just always want to come off as, as legitimate, real, and <clears throat> let people know I'm completely approachable. You know, I'm not, I, and I don't care how famous we ever get or rich, or, I will always be approachable. And, and I think that's what so many artists and, and uh, musicians and, and movie actors and, and they all forget what, why they got there in the first place. And, and it's important to me to never do that. And, and so even now when I'm getting, you know, anywhere from 10 to 30 messages a day or a week, I respond to every single one of them. It's just important to me. I, I have to, I have to make sure they know that, we're, we're, we're always going to answer them, you know, and um, because I think that's what that's what makes your fan base know that you're real. Yeah, no, that's for sure. 
Well, Anthony, I know we've had a great time talking to you and uh, and we love your music, but we want to give you the chance to uh, tell everybody where they can keep up with you and how they can uh, find the band. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're on most major social media. You can find us on Facebook, Six Guns Sal. Um, I, I think on the uh, the TikTok we actually just made, which is kind of funny. Um, just being on TikTok is funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that, 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 that's official Six Guns Sal. Uh, Instagram, Six Guns Sal. Uh, we had to remake our YouTube channel. It got screwed up and corrupted somehow. So we had to start from the ground floor. So Six Guns Sal, again, you can find us on YouTube. And um, yeah, we're, 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 we're pretty much everywhere out there. Reverb Nation, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon. Um, and if you got, and anybody has questions, they can always just send us a message on, on Facebook and we'll guarantee to get back to them. Uh, and then again, our show is coming up San Antonio and uh, the 16th of July and Vermont, uh, July 23rd. If you guys can go, go. You won't be disappointed. Well, I urge everybody to go out and listen to Rebels and Rogues. It's uh, it, there's there's a lot of great music on that album, and uh, and you guys you're doing it right. And we look forward to you getting up here to Calgary and playing the Stampede sometime. So, Anthony, thank oh, I'd you love to. so much for being on the show, and we wish you nothing but the best. Thank you so much. Tell the Stampede to check us out. Maybe we'll get up there sooner than you think. <laughs> We're going to call Guys, them right now. You. You, I'm all for it. Call me right back. <laughs> you right. guys both have a great day. You too. Thank you. All right. Appreciate bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.
shirt off my back. To a friend in need. Red, white, and blue is what I believe. Salute the flag. And I'm proud to say. Yes, sir. No, ma'am. I was born this way. My back is thick. My patience thin. Shut up and deep. Cause I play to win. Got a long fuse. But don't get me pissed. Cause you don't want to be at the end of my fist. I'm locking low. Trigger finger itch. Better warn you, boy. I'm son of a bitch.